1: welcome everyone to this week's or well, the second one of this week's rb1 colon a fantasy football podcast i am your humble host peter rogers joined as always by john barnett and Clark Barnes, it's podcast number two of the week. How's it going, you guys?
0: Ooh, we're living the dream. Getting getting two in one week is just I don't know. You can handle it.
1: I I have done I have done I've had two other podcasts that I've done in my life, and this is the first time for any podcast I've ever done, have done two a week. So we are stepping in territory that these are the first stepping stones that will make us become famous, I believe. All right. I'll just take the money. You can have the fame. I'm, I'm good with <laughs> well good as long as we understand where <laughs> clark's priorities lie then we're we're ready to go uh, so we were thinking today to bring you a little obviously we'll be talking some news and a little uh Thursday night preview since that is just around the corner, but mainly uh, with week one being in the books and so much has happened and there are so many different players that everyone's talking about and picking off the waiver wire. We figured it would be helpful to kind of give our thoughts and our gauge of how confident we were in these guys being able to recreate uh week one production, either between either for just the next week or for, The entire season. I think some of my guys, I kind of stretched out to the full season, and some were just in the next week. Uh, But we wanted to, again, we wanted to bring this, like the comments of our iTunes tell you, we talk fantasy, but in a fun way. So uh, we wanted to bring that to you, and we'll give our confidence in terms of actors. Uh, So how confident that you would go see this movie. Uh, So hopefully that's just, you know gives it a little twist that everyone can relate to. And uh, on the note of uh, comments, yes, you should be leaving comments in iTunes if you enjoy us. Give us five stars. Rate us.
2: And we'll answer your fantasy questions. So come on, don't be bashful. Hit us up on
1: Twitter. Let us know. Yes. Oh, Clark, that was a seamless plug for Twitter. At RB1 Podcast, send us in your questions. We'll happily answer them on the podcast, especially if we're doing two a week. That's ample time for, for answering all kinds of questions. All right, so let's go just uh, directly into the news here. Um, starting off, not the best news for the Houston Texans, uh, who are uh, already 0-1, so that's already hard to hear, uh, but are also out CJ Fedorowicz, their starting tight end, who is on IR for a concussion, and Brian Cushing, their middle linebacker, suspended for 10 games because of uh, PED usage. Um Clark, as you're a resident Houston fan, how do you feel right now?
2: Yeah, the the silver lining here is that it's almost impossible to spell Fedorowicz. So we get a bit of a break there. (laughs) Um, I was never a big Cushing fan. Uh, This was one of the negative fallouts of doing uh, Hard Knocks. He seemed like the kind of guy that would give band nerds swirlies in high school. Uh, So I might be wrong there, and I don't want to... You know, cast aspersions on someone I've never met, but uh, I, I think we have plenty on the defensive side of the ball. the The big problem is that our entire tight end core is concussed, and uh, got a game tomorrow. So uh, we're recording Thursday, so or recording Wednesday, so game Thursday. Man, it it already didn't look good, and things are not getting better.
0: Yeah, um, I think first off, I think we we're all equally shocked. Shocked to hear that Cushing is still using PEDs. <laughs> um, my favorite part from him on Hard Knocks is tooling around his neighborhood on uh, the Segways. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. Why can't you walk? But anyhow, yeah, no, I think we've just been waiting for that at some point. Just It just has been a problem for him. He yeah. seems to be that sort of person and the amount of rage that he has within his body seems to have been chemically created in some way. But yeah, uh, Fedorowitz hurts. Uh, I think he's he's really nice on that back, and uh, this means that they're going to throw it at Hopkins even more probably. Um, yeah, looking for another tight end. If you had him, though, he was in a decent tier two area, so now you're grabbing a back end tight end to try to find a spot there, so that hurts.
2: Yeah, I started Fedorowicz in several DFS lineups, and my analysis was right in that they're going to do a lot of short throws like they did with Brock Osweiler. So I was spot on there. Unfortunately, the concussion went- happened, and uh, yeah. so I was wrong for all the right reasons, I guess.
1: That's – that's if you're going to be wrong, that's the right way to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Moving on in the news department, uh, the big one coming away, I guess, I mean, we started with, I started with the injury just simply because injuries are always seemingly very important. Uh, but on the topic, again, still around injuries. I'm doing a fantastic job of segueing into this. I'm just kind of stumbling around my words to evidently or eventually get to the point of Odell Beckham is uh, possible for week two action. According to NFL uh Ian Rapaport, NFL Network's Ian Rapaport, there is a quote, lot of optimism uh around Odell Beckham's ankle and whether or not he will play week two against the Lions. Uh, John, after seeing the Giants just completely uh make a mess in the bed last week, how confident are you feeling that if Odell is playing week two, that he will have immediate uh fantasy impact?
0: I still think you can throw on the Lions. Uh I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Eli Manning. Uh, And if he's not full speed, I don't want I mean, as an owner, if you have him, which I'm not, by the way, because I I rate him far lower than other people, apparently, um, you want him fully healthy. If he has to take another week to get back to being who he is, then you need that. And I don't want him rushing back. I don't want to have the, like, well, maybe he's healthy. I want to hear by Wednesday that they know he's playing. If by the end of practice on Wednesday, you're kind of still unsure, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't play. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm with you. When guys come back from high ankle sprains too early, it seems to happen all year. And I do have Beckham in a couple of leagues. And so, uh, you know, a little piece of me wants him to come back now, but I'd rather him miss a week and, you know, come back fully healthy. As a bit of an aside, uh, I know that these guys have to write for a living and that their editors tell them we need a story. (laughs) But is reporting that there's lots of optimism about one of the best players in the league, is that a story? Oh, that, that is breaking!
1: That is breaking <laughs> oh, news. Get the credit where the credit is due. Breaking news right there. That uh, that Odell is quote hopefully playing. I mean, so to to this guy's
2: editor, don't do that to him. Like don't, it's not the writer's fault.
1: It's not his don't fault. Make he, chef. Don't make that uh, Rappaport have to talk about yeah, whether or not I Odell mean, is likely to play. He's doing his job. Whoever's in charge over there, stop it. Stop it with this. <laughs> NFL NFL Network, you're on blast right now. We are putting you on blast um Thomas Thomas Rawls speaking of players with some fantasy value coming back uh is practicing and hopeful for Sunday so finally we should be able to see what the Seattle backfield might actually play out in Clark do you feel like the Seattle uh backfield is leaning towards Chris Carson to a point where it's going to take a lot for Rawls to kind of take it back or do you feel like Position is pretty open for Rawls. And if he comes in and puts together a strong performance, it's all his. I
2: mean, I may be blinded by my love for Rawls, but I still think that he (laughs) is he looks the most talented of those backs. I mean, maybe Procise. Procise is also super quick and fast. Carson looks good. And the the Seahawks always find a way to find these guys out of nowhere, like Thomas Rawls, who come into the NFL and play really well. But I think he's the best. Uh, got burned last week. Started him and uh, stupidly <laughs> bought tickets to go see it at like two forty five. So of course I missed that he was inactive and I saw big zero when I came out of the theater. So that was cool. But, uh, quick pause. How was it? It was good. I saw it when I was like okay. eight, and it scared the bejesus out of me. And so, it, of course, it didn't compare to that. But it was still worth. Okay, you know, it's still worth twenty five
1: bucks. I just, have, I just have like read and seen a whole bunch of reviews that are saying that it's like fantastic in that he um alex skarsgards brother i forget what his first name is uh has like put together one of the better monster horror ac- villains of of cinema so i was curious to hear someone's perspective who've actually seen it
2: yeah it was good uh did you ever see the old cartoon the critic with john Lovitz?
0: oh yes no
2: yeah so like oh, it stinks oh. like every movie he sees he thinks it stinks that's kind of <laughs> how i am and i give this movie a solid b
1: for whatever that excellent is. That's that's high praise for someone who thinks that every movie is stupid. That's right. Yeah, this will <laughs> come in handy in our uh how come Right, exactly. I'm now excited section later. I'm, yeah, I'm very excited to now hear the actors that you uh that you're comparing these players to. Um Let's uh John, did you have anything on the uh Seahawks backfield that you want to touch on or
0: I'm not interested in any of them at this point. That offensive line <laughs> is a black hole. Um, and I have no interest in any running back until I see something from one of them.
1: Perfect. And on the subject, our final news bulletin, on the subject of not being interested at all on any level, uh, there's still no decision as to who will be the starting Colts quarterback in Week 2, whether or not it will be Scott Tolzien, uh, who beautifully gave us two pick-sixes last week, or Jacoby Brissett, uh, Super Bowl-winning quarterback. So is there either of these guys? The and <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl watching quarterback yes of course uh and I'll, I'll bounce this to you John first after what we've seen of, of Tolzien if Brissett was to start does that give you any kind of confidence in any one of the Colts wide receivers or are you again just like how you're not touching the Seahawks backfield are you not touching uh anyone on the Colts'
0: offense I was worried you were going to actually ask me if I was interested in either quarterback uh no oh like, no, no. no no no. if I was in a 12 team I'm not taking either of them um <laughs> Uh, I don't know. T.Y. Hilton's the only guy who's interesting at this point on that group right now. I know you love Dante Moncrief. I do. I don't have any faith in, in him getting anywhere now. I think they're going to be too locked in. I think they'll try forcing the ball to T.Y. Hilton. They, they clearly can't stop anybody on that defense. Uh, so I think he'll get targets and probably in terms of just being a volume option. T.Y. Hilton's going to have some, some ability. Brissett mm-hmm. at least gives you the opportunity to kind of uh, extend the play and maybe he breaks through something, and that could be interesting. Um, but, yeah, uh, he's he's a wide receiver two area. Maybe back in wide receiver two, I think, at this point. I haven't done the ranking, but I'm that's kind of where I'm imagining him, and I'm, I can't think of the names who I'd put in front of him or behind him yet. But that's kind of where I think he fits is still relevant, but not um, – rushing out the door to go get him.
2: Yeah. And I think when you're in such a hopeless position, like the Colts are someone that can run around a little bit and, you know, Chuck it downfield Mm. gives you hope. I mean, that's kind of the same situation that the Texans are in. This is one of the few, the Colts is one of the few teams that makes the Texans quarterback situation look good. Uh, Texans fans are hoping for Deshaun Watson, not because he's amazing, but because he can run a little bit and nothing else is working. So I think that's, if you're a Colts fan and luck is going to miss extended time, As I predicted in my bold prediction articles before the season started, Uh, Colts go one and fifteen. Yeah, Colts go one and fifteen and get the number one pick in front of the Jets uh, because Andrew Luck had to have a second surgery. Uh, Yeah, so yeah, you want Brissett to start because he's something. You know what Tolzien is? He's not even a good backup. Uh, So Tolzien or uh, so Brissett is just the you know, give me fifty bucks on four at the roulette wheel, wheel, and let's see what happens.
1: I'm, and we'll get into, and then this will be the last point for, for the news, but I'm always, it's perplexing to me to watch the Colts emulate what the Steelers have done for the last like 10 years, which is have a great starting quarterback who's very injury prone because he doesn't treat his body. Right. And i granted the Colts don't build an offensive line around luck, but nonetheless, you have an injury prone quarterback and you refuse to invest in a backup quarterback. So I'm amazed to see that the Colts have yet to find a stable backup quarterback for when a, for a quarterback who has missed plenty of games uh, throughout his career, but The news is now over. We shall now dive into the crux and the meat of the episode – which is basically end of week one, right? Everyone, we now finally get football and everyone is is so excited to watch everyone play and and to have our quick and snap reactions uh, that there are popular names that get thrown up on the waiver wire and you're never quite sure. You pick them up because you're just like, yeah, I totally buy into this. And then when push comes to shove and you're about to like put them in that starting lineup, you're like, ah, do I really want to start this person? So what we're here to do for you is we are looking at what is your level of confidence in week one stars. And we figured to compare the week one stars to the stars of film and television, mainly just film. Uh, so we're going to compare popular waiver wire additions uh, to actors to display how confident we are in them starting in a role uh, in week two and to a certain extent for some of them uh, onwards. Uh, so I will start just to give an example and 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 kind of break down my thought process. Uh, we'll start with for both for all three of us. We'll start with Alex Smith, who uh, famously now had torched my New England Patriots uh, and is moving on to play the Philadelphia Eagles. And I compare Alex Smith. To a Blake Lively film, you'll see it because she looks she's very attractive, uh, but. She's a pretty average actor. I
2: was about Uh, to ask, what is he in?
1: (laughs) 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 Alex Smith is good looking. Let's not, let's not, you know, let's not uh, hide it there. Let's go right for it. But he's a pretty average quarterback. And I don't think he's going to wow you. I don't think that what he showed in New England is, is he suddenly reached this uh, plane of, of QB existence that we've never seen from Alex Smith before. I think, I think everything just worked perfectly for him. It was a it was a wonderful coming out party for him. But I, I do not anticipate this being a full season trend, uh, and thus my level of confidence is exactly as confident as I would be in seeing a Blake Lively film and assuming that it's going to be amazing, which is eh, average, very average. Uh, John. What actor, what level
0: of confidence do you uh, have for Alex Smith? Uh, I have Edward Norton kind of confidence and and underrated. He's not necessarily a a highly billed, but when you watch him play, uh, you understand what he's got going there and he's not letting you down. Alex Smith very rarely has given us awful games. Uh, He's the sort of guy who very frequently, if you, if you, going if you do have somebody streaming options he's a great streaming option most years um if he can continue doing what he did i mean he was actually throwing down the field attacking down the field if that's who he is that's that's great but in terms of my confidence with him it's edward norton that i know i'm not going to get um i'm not going to get ruined on this i'm not going to go to this i'm not going to go see him and feel terrible that I did so but i might not be amazingly wowed by it i think he's he's steady and he's stable and, uh, it's something worth watching.
2: Wow. <laughs> that's nice. So I think I'm, I think I'm in between you two. My, my pick here was John Favreau. Uh, okay, you know, swingers is legit. He has given <laughs> us some really good performances, but he's also been pretty, pretty meh in a lot of things. And, uh, I, I've never seen him in anything that's truly bad. Kind of like John was saying a second ago, but not super excited about it either. Like I'm not going to go see the new John Favreau movie right. on purpose. Uh, so I really like John's point of if you're streaming, yeah, he's going to give you a solid, solid floor. But I'm not rushing out to get him because of his good performance.
1: Have either of you guys seen Chef? John, that John Favreau movie where he's, a I think it's a, yeah. a food truck. The only reason I bring that up is because my fiance hates that movie when she found out that he was the director and writer of it and was just like, well, of course, he then wrote himself to fall in love and make out with Sofia Verga. Like, duh. Hey, that's strategy, man. That's what happens. <laughs> that yeah, <always seems laughs> that,
0: awesome.
1: that, that just seems like, that just seems like a good organizing in a, in a film department. Yeah, hate the game, man. Don't hate the player. That's... <laughs> All right, so moving on to the wide receiver position now. I'm going to bounce around on you guys. Uh, we're going to go with my personal favorite guy, uh, but I won't start because I don't want to ruin. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, set the scene too much for how well I think this person's going to be. Uh, we'll start with you, Clark Cooper Cup, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> All right, so I like this one. Uh, I went
2: with Laura Dern on this one. Yes, uh, she's really good. Uh, never. Never really top build and not really one of the kind of top actresses that you think of when you think of, you know, who's the best out there, but very solid. She's just very good at what she does. And that's what, that's what Cooper cup is. Not the tallest guy, not the fastest guy, not going to give you the best numbers, but very solid. And and I'm confident that if Laura Dern is in a movie, she's going to play a really good supporting role. And I'm confident that if Cooper cup is, out there, you know, he's going to get you a good performance at least in PPR and probably in standard as well as your third wide receiver if you have to start three or if you flex uh, a fourth wide receiver or something like that.
0: My mine, i kind of came at this differently just because he's he's new. But I went to imagine this from the start of this actor's career. I went with Harrison Ford in American Graffiti, and then moved on. You know, just ended up in that role and ended up you know obviously moving on from that through you know, several points of just kind of weird luck and that he happened to be on one of the greatest, you know, biggest shows ever afterwards, but it was all because he was working on the set of American graffiti. Uh, it, I think Cooper cups, a guy who's kind of coming from nothing. And I think he's, I think he's here to stay. I think he's got a lot of the tools. He's a great route runner. He catches what's near him. And I think he's exactly what, uh, what they need, uh, in, in, with the Rams and I think he's going to be somebody who's going to be fantasy relevant for a a good while here. Um, You know, we haven't seen him long, but I'm I'm confident in what he's put out there already that he's going to be somebody who we're going to be at least ranking here for a while now, somewhere in the, in those rankings, you know, wide receiver two or flex in the the near future. And then we'll see, I don't know. He's necessarily going to be as big a star as what I'm talking about with Harrison Ford, but I'm making more of the analogy that, you don't see it coming, but I think there's something good there.
1: I love that. That's a perfect, <laughs> a perfect analogy. I uh, I went full hog, and I was fully invested into you. the Cooper Cup train. Of course. I mean, naturally, why wouldn't I? Uh, Brad Pitt, man. Moneyball and glorious bastards. Fight club, seven, snatch. Ocean's 11, 12, 13. He did them all.
2: He's Thelma got Louise. Delvin <laughs> <Thelma> Louise. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is going to keep balling. I'm starting him in every league that I have him, and I I think I today picked him up in at least three of my five leagues. Um, so I'm starting him in every league as a flex. I think that in the Rams offense, clearly, Jared Goff has already found and is constructed chemistry with him. You can tell that because of targets. I think with Sammy Watkins in that offense, I think he is always because of his home run ability is always going to draw another team's best corner because teams are far more willing to just give up catches and give up yards rather than give up, you know, the big play, quick you know, 32nd touchdown, um, which leaves Cooper cup, always able to work out of the slot, uh, being able to just kind of keep racking up yards, keep racking up catches, uh, which is like Clark was talking about, fantastic in PPR. And I do think that he has enough of a skill set to to be reliable and standard, clearly, since I'm starting him in at least in one of my leagues is standard, so I'm starting him in that. Uh, so I am fully, fully filling the cup. The Cooper Cup is full to the brim uh, in my department.
2: I like it. Nice.
1: Let's, uh, let's move on to the first player on the list, and really I think the only player on this list, well, that we have one at the very end, but the, the major player on this list who's coming into waiver wire fame because and notoriety because of an injury, uh, and that is Kerwin Williams, the running back for the Arizona Cardinals, who now everyone, he's, he's going to be taking that starting running back role now that David Johnson is set to miss 8 to 10 weeks with wrist, wrist surgery. Uh, John, who is your actor comparison for Kerwin Williams?
0: Uh, I think I like this one. I have Bruce Campbell. He's a, uh, I I think he's a B movie actor and he can be yep. very good at that. Um, and he's gonna be a supporting actor in possibly an A movie. But my confidence is that I will enjoy him in his role. Uh, but I don't want him to be the star in that role.
1: I love that. That's a fantastic I love comparison. That.
0: Bruce Campbell's yeah. uh, memoirs of a was it if Chins Could Kill Memoirs of a B movie actor is, is one of the one of my favorite books. That book is amazing.
2: Uh, Bruce Campbell is the only good thing about the movie Congo. You get excited that he's going to be a part of the movie. And I don't want to spoil it for you guys that haven't seen this 30 year old movie, but he <laughs> dies right at the beginning. And you can just
1: turn it off right there. You're just like, this is an epic failure. In that similar yeah. vein, John, I have to say, I think we have different actors, but a similar premise. I have him as Nick Cage. Uh, you're going to see the movie and you're going to be entertained. It's not going to be a pretty movie. It's not going to be well-made, but you'll be entertained because it's Nick (laughs) Cage just yelling at something. Uh, I think Kerman Williams is going to give you what you saw against Detroit, which was five carries for 10 yards and a touchdown. He'll probably get a touchdown to help pump his stats, but it's not going to be a pretty game. He's not going to give you a great yards per carry, uh, and he's not going to be – suddenly this you know magical workhorse he's you know you're going to rely on him to score touchdowns and just because he is the starting running back in for the cardinals just like how nick cage you're not you're relying you're not going to nick cage isn't going to give you an award-winning performance but he's going to sure entertain the the crud out of you
0: i just like to think now of the cardinals as con air that would, <laughs> that's all i can think of now
1: so like sneaky good, like yeah. really good. Under- Conair is an excellent <laughs> funny. Uh, we now we need to pitch that to Patrick Peterson instead of calling their team. What did they call it? They had a name for their secondary. It, it wasn't no fly zone because that was that was uh, uh, Broncos. I don't know, but but they Arizona Arizona's secondary needs to call himself Con Air. I love that uh, we'll be Clark. What's your final? What's your actor comparison for Kerwin Williams?
2: Uh, Man, I, I hate going third. Y'all were really good. <laughs> uh, so for Curran Williams, I have him as uh, the guy that replaced Brandon Lee in The Crow. Uh, so <laughs> we were all really excited about the guy. Harsh that, comparison. The guy that went down, we'll say, to yes. keep it clean. Uh, <laughs> And this other guy stepped in and you just hoped that he could, you know, put the makeup on and hit his marks. And you didn't really have (laughs) any expectations other than that.
1: Oh my God. That's fantastic. All right, let's hit up our second and final quarterback. The other most popular guy who's been added off waiver wires. And we talked about him last uh, Tuesday, our last podcast, my, my Lord, same, same week. Uh, And he was gracefully as, as John compared him to better than Christian Ponder, Uh, Sam Bradford, who, who is, I finally made it out of the shadow of his of Christian Ponder, the uh, old Vikings quarterback, because that is a, a shadow that many quarterbacks in Minnesota have been trapped behind. Uh, Clark, since you don't like going last, let's start with you here.
2: Uh, yeah, So, Sam Bradford is my Nick Cage. Okay, both I can have, find that. Both have the crazy eyes. Both guys started really strong to their career. <laughs> I mean, raising Arizona is excellent film, unbelievable, and then they kind of disappeared for a little while. They're making a bit of a comeback now. You know, Kickass was good. And Nick Cage yeah. was good in it. And last year, Sam Bradford played well for the Vikings. I know the popular thing to do is to give him a hard time because he only threw the ball, you know, five yards an attempt. But he only had time to throw the ball five yards an attempt. And against a horrible Saints defense Monday night, we saw what he could do when he has time. He's good. You know, like yeah. I, Nick Cage is. He's good, man. He's he's not the greatest in the world, but I'll go see a Nick Cage movie and and I'll start Sam
1: Bradford. I'm on the exact same how oh, exact same storyline as that Clark, just different actor. I had Robert Downey Jr. who had had a career and then his career took a nosedive because of alcoholism and drug use and nosedive. And got Was that a pun? Was that an intentional pun? The nosedive thing. The nosedive. Yeah, <laughs> you know I work on many levels, uh, I like it. but. But now, but now his career has completely revitalized. Uh, you know, he's got he's become Iron Man and done all the Avengers and all the Marvel movies, and he was Sherlock Holmes. I mean, he's he's completely come back into the pop culture. And I think the same is true for Sam Bradford. I mean, Sam Bradford started off number one draft pick. You know, St. Louis Rams tried to lead them to great to victory and glory and all of that. Busted both his ACLs, kind of stewed around the league for a lot of times a lot of time. And and people kind of forgot about why he was that number one overall pick and why he was worth all of that and all that effort. And now you saw it last night or Friday, Monday night, you saw that he is a very good quarterback when he has time to sit in the pocket and make his reads and make his throws. And so they're entertaining movies and Sam Bradford's going to entertain you. And I, I think I would take more of what John was saying about Alex Smith and transfer that to Sam Bradford in the same sense that Sam Bradford is going to have a high floor in my mind and that he's not really going to you know, ruin your team for you simply because he doesn't make a lot of risky down the field throws. But when he does, when the offense is clicking and he's got protection, he can make plays like we saw Monday night.
0: Yeah. I'm on the same vein as you guys here. Um, I went with a different name though. I went with Matthew McConaughey, you know, starting off time to kill Amistad, which by the way, should have won the the best picture. Mm Amistad is an amazing movie. And in terms of confidence, you know, you have seen True Detective, you've seen Interstellar, you, you know, you've got a good feeling now. And then you 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 do though, oh Dallas Buyers Club too. But you know, Great in the back of your mind though, you're going to sit there and you're like, man, I remember Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. I remember Fool's Gold, Sahara. All of those are somewhere in your mind. I mean, yeah. when you're thinking about your confidence, you're kind of like, that's still there somewhere. Somewhere in his mind, he was like, this, this is a good idea. Um so yeah, I, I if he can do this again, like uh, what Bradford did last week was great and he moved the ball just like you're saying. Exactly like Alex Smith, he pushed the ball downfield in a way he did not do last year. Uh and if they're going to open him up to allow him to do more, you know, there's there's more possibilities there. The running game opens up a lot, a lot more for him this year than obviously did last year. Um, And like we said, they actually spent money on their offensive line, so he could be very interesting. Like I said, he could be moving his way into a quarterback one uh, conversation, but right now I'm thinking of Sahara and Ghost of Girlfriend's past. (laughs) So I'm keeping him in the top of my QB2, but definitely somebody who's moving up uh, and should be owned anywhere probably.
1: I like that. That's a good comparison. All right. So we've got three guys. I got three guys left on my list. Uh, and we'll go with now probably the most popular running back that has been taken jumping up waiver wires. And that is Tariq Cohen, uh, the running back for the bears. Uh, and I have him and it pains me to say this because I, I do love this actor and I, I want him to be good, but too often, you know, the movies that he makes aren't great. They fail. Uh, and that's Will Ferrell. Uh, he's had just like the greatest films in Anchorman, Old School, Elf, uh, even his even as the villain in Zoolander. Just all A plus stuff. Uh, but but he kind of you're never really sure when you go into a Will Ferrell movie whether or not it's going to be good because you think it's going to be good, you want it to be good, but more often than not, ultimately you're kind of disappointed. And that's kind of how I feel about Tariq Cohen. I think Tariq Cohen had his hit in week one. I think he still will have probably hits throughout the season just because of how he looks to be used in the Bears' offense. But I, I don't know. I I have, I don't have the 100% certainty and confidence in him, especially sharing an offense, sharing a backfield with Jordan Howard, uh, to be like, this is my guy. I'm going to be starting him. It's time to roll with Tariq Cohen. I would like to see more out of him, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm still. I, I think he's ultimately going to be a little disappointing.
2: So, but, Pete, first. Uh, I'm uh, gonna forgive you for not mentioning Talladega Nights. Also, well. great
1: movie. That's true. Yes.
2: Girl movies ever, and we're just gonna move on. Okay, uh, good. So, Cohen to me is like a like a young Halle Berry a la Boomerang. Oh. Uh, you know, he is this super hot thing, just like right on the precipice oh of God. being discovered. So Halle Berry's playing second fiddle to the beautiful Robin Givens here. Uh, even though they put Halle Berry in those long dangly earrings and they gave her that 1980s boy bowl cut hairdo and those shoulder pads and that really colorful blouse. Uh, you just know that there's something underneath there, Even though, even though oh he's God. supposed to be second fiddle. And that's what Tariq Cohen is to me. Uh, Robin Givens had a great career. Don't get me wrong. uh, But really the person with the real star power on this team is Tariq Cohen. So uh, he's got his flaws. Like Halle Berry, cannot act. Tariq Cohen is small. So if you can just get past that superstar.
1: (laughs) Excellent. All right. There you go. That's a completely different outlook on the Bears backfield than I have.
0: (laughs) I think we're just – it's kind of like we were saying last week. Uh Tariq Cohen is going to be interesting this year. And then, you know, he'll be Kadeem Carey, just like, um, you know, Jordan Howard is the new Kadeem Carey. Right. They'll just keep moving him around. So, the name I went with here is Chris Pratt. Uh, because you find him interesting. You're kind of rooting for him because he's really fun on parks and recreation. And then you get a Lego movie and Jurassic World. And, and of course the, the, um, uh, Guardians, Guardians of the, of the Galaxy, galaxy movies, movies and all that, which is fun. But then you're like, wow, he plays himself in Gem, uh, Magnificent Seven, and Passengers. Uh, yep. The future. You're trying to look into the future, which is what we're trying to do with Three Cone at this point. You're trying to pick out what he's going to be after one game. And you go on IMDb, and you look at Christopher Pratt, and you see that the next movie, other than the Infinity War with the Avengers that he's working on, is well, there's another Jurassic World too, it looks like. But there's a movie called Cowboy Ninja Viking. Oh, and you're boy. kind of like, ooh, what? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We're not sure on him yet. And yeah. I don't know. But I know he's been taken up in every league that I'm in by somebody. And he's interesting. Uh, and I'm not fully there yet. I like that. That's an excellent – man, these are all just such fantastic comparisons. I love it. Uh great.
1: We're gonna, we're just knocking this out of the park. It's like we're like prepared for this or something. Right.
0: Well, you're the humble host, and we'll be the uh. As again, I'm, yeah. I'm the diva wide receiver.
1: There it is. Um. All right. So our last wide receiver on the uh on the board uh and the very popular target in Detroit, Kenny Galladay. Uh, Clark, give us your comparison there for for your actor and Kenny Galladay. All
2: right. So. Galladay to me is kind of like Brendan Fraser and Encino Man. So when he broke onto the scene, he was the number three man behind two more popular actors in Polly Shore and Sean Austin. But he's the one that eventually went on to have the biggest career. He was the tallest of the three. And he's. <laughs> someone who people are going to remember five to 10 years from now. So it may take him a little time to get through making cameo appearances and the likes of son-in-law and in the army now, but he's the one that we're going to want long-term
0: Kenny Galladay. I have his Don Cheadle because Ooh. I think he's good. I think he's interesting and he has staying power, but I think uh, thinking ocean's 11, he can sometimes be overwhelmed by the cast around him uh, and he's going to be in the lions. He's going to have a lot of, you know, other people around taking stuff away from him. And he's, he might get lost in the mix sometimes. Remember Don Cheadle is not the main character in Kevin Hart. What now? You're like, what? You were back up to Kevin Hart. Nobody's back up to Kevin hey, Hart. Hey, you got to eat, man. You got to eat. Come on. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, he's, he's great. Um, I think he's got a lot of good things. Don Cheadle is, is a great actor. I love him in whatever he's in. Um, sometimes he gets overwhelmed by the cast. He's not the main guy, but you know, he's, he's in there and sometimes he'll, you know, take the lead and sometimes he won't last week. He was in the lead, but it, as we all know, it could be Marvin Jones next week. Uh, and obviously, uh, golden Tate's going to be taking up a lot of that. And maybe one of the running backs ends up getting nine targets somewhere along the line. Yeah. My offense just has a lot of different people who are going to be involved. Yeah,
1: I like that. That's a good comparison. Uh, I had the ever beautiful Anne Hathaway as my comparison for Kenny Galladay simply because you don't, somehow you don't register her as a fantastic actor, but she's really good. If you look at her, if you look at her resume, uh, she's got, you know, Dark Knight Rises, Les Miserables, Brokeback Mountain, Princess Diaries (laughs) is fantastic, Devil Wears Prada is an an amazing film. Yeah. Uh, in which she and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a flaming hot take here outplays Meryl Streep. Whoa. Whoa! I know I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there. Um, I guess Jared Goff did outscore Tom Brady last week. So okay. So there you go. Right? Exactly. I back up myself with with the uh, stats. Uh, but I think I think people have opinion of Kenny, Go- Kenny Galladay as a one hit wonder or someone who, you know, will have a kind of a niche role in the Lions offense. And I guess the more I think about it, the more I kind of am coming to the conclusion that I just don't think that the Lions are fully sold on Marvin Jones and that they've been kind of looking for a number two receiver, uh, especially a bigger body kind of go get the ball kind of guy, uh, especially and in the red zone. And so I think that just kind of what we've seen in this like rapid ascent of Kenny Galladay, I think that just invokes in me a ton of confidence streaming from the coach and the team and of course Matthew Stafford and I think ultimately that's just going to pan out in a very successful rookie season Um, and I think we're all going to kind of be surprised at the end of the season when we look back and Kenny Galladay is like a top 20 maybe even top 15 fantasy receiver and you're like wow somehow that didn't register but yeah I guess that makes sense that's kind of my feeling yeah
2: I'm with you on everything except for the Meryl Streep thing (laughs) I I
0: I guess I I I think he's going to have a very weird sort of Oscars moment where he just goes off script and is just ridiculously strange.
1: Yes, totally could happen. (laughs) Uh, Our final player, and this was specifically asked to be last, and we will then make sure that Clark gets to talk last because he wanted it last. Uh, Javorius Allen, Buck Allen for the Baltimore, their running back. The Baltimore. That's what I'm just calling them now. Clearly, um, I have I have good old Buck Allen as Kate Hudson, which means you know exactly what you're going to get with her and Buck Allen. They're both kind of at, uh, They're both kind of typecasted. Uh, they're the love interest in the rom com. Buck Allen's the third down running back. I think you know he's going to be have a role, have a very defined role in that Ravens offense. I don't think he's ever really going to thrive outside of that role, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think he'll probably consistently get you uh, anywhere between seven and nine points a week. So he's like a very reasonable in, in standard, uh, a very reasonable start. You know, if an, a flex, if you're if you want consistent points, I don't think he's going to have magical Hail Mary games, but I don't think he's going to have really bad games. Um, And so there you go.
0: That's my, that's my uh, comparison. John, let's bounce it over to you. I have Jim Carrey. Um, (laughs) Mostly like, yeah, maybe he'll have something great, but it's not, you know, his fault that it's good Um, (laughs) because it's going to be kind of random that he's picked whatever movie he's decided to pick. Wow. Maybe maybe, Maybe he'll be good. Maybe it won't. But it's more likely than not going to be just strange and possibly not good. But I think he'll have moments in here where he'll surprise you. Um, but yeah, you know who he is. You know the sorts of things they're going to ask him to do. And if he's super successful in any given week, it's it's not his fault.
1: I like how you could, I like how you have fault uh, success as a fault. <laughs> right. Like right if if he does really well it's not his fault he's not you can't blame him for doing well he was just put in that position i john oh my right. god it's ventura man it's ventura oh okay <laughs> but That's i see what neighbor. john's saying though i see what john's saying in the sense that like that would of course that was going to i mean of course jim carrey was going to thrive in that role because it's like hey play a crazy pet detective oh. and jim carrey's like hey guess what i'm a crazy pet detective and yeah and good it, good analogy it,
2: it just hurts me it just hurts me john all right, on, give, us, give us your give us your game changing analogy here. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a game changer, but I went a little obscure with mine. Uh, so I went with Kevin Peter Hall. Are you familiar with his work? Give me a movie. So Kevin Peter Hall was the Predator and Predator One and Two, <laughs> and he was Harry in Harry and the Hendersons.
1: Oh my God! So he was like the last generation uh, Andy Circus. Sure. Uh, I don't know yeah, who that I'm looking
0: is. up the filmography on IMDb uh, right now. Yeah. Andy,
1: Ser- Andy Serkis is the guy who did Gollum and Caesar and Planet of the Apes and okay. King Kong, all those things.
0: Highway to hell.
2: So Kevin Peter Hall was the predator and <laughs> Harrien the Henderson, so he fills a role. He's a really big dude that can wear a costume well. And that's what Buck Allen is, is he's a really quick running back that can catch the ball well. And that's all he's gonna do. It's all you're ever gonna know him for. And in three years, no one's probably gonna know who he is.
0: Oh my yeah. goodness! He is also in Pee-wee, uh, Big Top Pee-wee in 1988. Oh, boy. does he play a tall oh. man in that one? Big John, <laughs> nailed it! Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god,
1: it's in his name. <laughs> it's in his name. That is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> excellent, guys. This was marvelous. This could have could not have gone any better in my mind. And we're just now patting ourselves in the back, which is something we do on this podcast because we do a great job and everyone agrees with us,
2: and we deserve it
1: and we so, deserve it. Yeah. Um yeah, it would have been better if Bucky
0: Hodges was here.
1: It would have been better if Bucky Hodges was here. Pour some out for Bucky Hodges, man. You are going to Bucky, if you're listening right now and I know you are, you're going to yeah. you're on Minnesota still, I believe, right? Was that what we we were told? I believe he's they still on Minnesota. Back, right? Yeah, they brought him back. Bucky, you're going to have you're going to you're going to you're you're going to be a monster some year and you're also going to be on this podcast. Come 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 talk to us. Let's do a little quick since it's you know since this will be coming out on a Thursday. Let's do a little Thursday night preview. It's a a ripe ripe matchup between the Houston Texans and the Cincinnati Bengals, both of whom uh, just looked at the top of their game in Week One, and this will surely be uh, a battle to the finish between two of the upper tier upper echelon teams in the uh, in the NFL. Clark, as this is your team going up against what can only be described as the ferocious tiger of the North what's your uh what's your feeling going into it and so I'd,
2: i went back and watched both of these games hoping that i would find a way to come out in favor of the texans here but i i couldn't uh i know the Bengals lost 20 to nothing at home to the ravens who were not spectacular but they're at least solid and they have a history of being solid uh that game was not a 20 to nothing game i mean andy dalton did everything he could to make it look bad there was a turnover in the end zone to cj mosley he had a Bad tip pass off of uh, Terrell Suggs' face mask, and the Ravens just punched it in. They looked okay, though. I mean, they moved the ball. Uh, The Ravens' offense was not running roughshod over the Bengals' defense. The Bengals' defense got put in some really tough spots and gave up one big play. And so then 20 points happened all of a sudden. The flip side is the Texans were absolutely dominated by the Jaguars, who – I mean, I don't know until this year have been an awful team. So maybe the Jaguars got good all of a sudden it's the NFL changes every year, but the Texans got shellacked by what has historically been a terrible team. And the Bengals looked okay, despite a 20 to nothing loss against what's historically been at least a very solid team. And so I am I'm going to be going to the bar to watch this one, boys. I just don't think I'm going to be able to take this without any medication.
0: <laughs> I'll say when I was looking at this one, the first thing that kind of pops out is Giovanni Bernard led. The, well, he had one more care, one less carry, pardon me, than Joe Mixon, but had way more yards.
2: Yeah. And he <laughs> looked great.
0: Yeah. He looked really good. He was the guy I want in that backfield at this point. Um, he also had a 39 yard catch. Um, this is, this is something I didn't – I just looked at this, the initial line. Eight attempts for nine yards for Joe Mixon. Oh, He had a long of eight. That means he had seven carries for one yard for the rest oh of the Oh, my God. Game. That is
2: – Yeah, awful. he kept trying to bounce it outside. So, again, the Bengals weren't doing him any favors blocking. But when he was met in the backfield, he thought – in college, I was able to just run around everyone in the Big Ten, and he hopefully learned this week that you cannot do that in the NFL.
0: Can't do that against well, him. He was in Oklahoma.
2: Big, well, aren't there just yeah. ten teams in the Big 12 now? I blame that on society. <laughs> <laughs> Not your fault.
0: I blame the schools. Yeah, no. exactly. I'm off scotting. <laughs> yeah, uh, also, you want you want the Andre Hopkins. Um, he's going to be a target monster in this one. Um, he was last week. He will be again. <laughs> They're going to have to throw to somebody. If um, they don't have Fedorowicz, uh, I think Lamar Miller also has a bounce-back game. Uh, I think Cincinnati's run defense is not what Jacksonville's was last week. I think Jacksonville's defense has really been improving over the last couple of years. So I think Lamar Miller has a bounce-back game, has, has better than what he did. Uh, so those are the yeah. guys I'm more interested in this week. At least. I agree with that.
1: Uh, quickly, let's go around the horn and do pickums. I don't have a score uh, because I did not think that far in advance, um, but I will sadly break Clark's heart and I'll say Bengals win this game. Uh, John, who do you got?
0: This is the first true Thursday game because obviously last week you had all season to prepare for it. It's not the same. Um, I'm going to go Bengals as the home team. I'm going to go with something just. 1710 roughly i don't think it's gonna be scoring it's a thursday game right the team has a big advantage in not traveling for a thursday game Uh, i think it's gonna be fairly low scoring and close but i think the Bengals win by a touchdown i'm
2: gonna go with my heart here and say 1610 texans
0: beautiful you can't say no to the heart
1: because the heart gets what the heart wants maybe if they let jj watt play quarterback maybe jj watt's gonna play tight end i mean we've there seen that
0: go. That's what he started up. at at uh central Michigan when he went there. That's what's That's happened. Awesome.
1: It's happened before. Crazier things have happened. Uh, the craziest thing has yet to happen, and that is for you to subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes. Uh, look at that. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow John Barnett at uh JBarn54, Clark at NFL Clark, myself at PM Rogers. Uh, and Enjoy the Sunday football action. Uh, if you've got fantasy questions, tweet them at us. We'll make sure to include them in the pod. Uh, and remember, we do care about your fantasy football team. Until next
2: <laughs> playing second fiddle right now to the uh oh i have your name down here because i thought it was vivica fox and it's not <laughs> uh pete help me with the editing here
1: oh this almost worked on so many levels <laughs> oh. if you want to take the time to
0: look for it i can cut i can cut until you have the name robin Givens. there it is all right